0: God is working His way in each of our lives, one way or another, whether we know it or not. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod
1: Hembry. I'm Janice.
0: And this is Bible Discovery TV, where we are doing just that. We're discovering the 66 books of the Bible. It is amazing. From Genesis to Revelation today, we're in Philippians 2. This is going to be amazing. So, get your Bibles ready. We're going to talk about that in five minutes. Ryan, what's going on? All right,
2: well, today Paul writes his letter to the Philippians from prison, probably in Rome. And so with this setting in mind, I want to show you a really fascinating Roman artifact that's been recovered.
0: Excellent. Very good. All right. So, Janice.
1: Well, over the last few days, we have been enjoying our very special guest. That's your sister, Robin. And many of you will have remembered her from years back when she would do a segment of her own on Life Lessons. It was called at that time. So stay tuned. You want to meet her.
0: Get your Bible out and let's learn what God is teaching us.
1: Philippians 2, 12-24 Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, That you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, And if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded, who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly." Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 24.
0: We continue to read through Philippians 1 and 2 as we go through the Bible. It is exciting. As we approach, of course, the end of the Bible, we're going to start again next year. But you know, the first church that Paul ever founded in Macedonia was in the city of Philippi, religiously. Paul had much work to do there since Philippi was a typical first century city that worshiped many gods. Now, initially, the Philippian church had some difficulties that Paul had to confront and correct. But he developed a strong bond with the converts there. Philippi is first mentioned regarding Paul's first evangelistic journey. The city was located on a major Roman road known as the Via Egnatia which was a very important development of the Roman Empire. Philippi was first named Cranites, which means the springs, because it had many water sources. It was later renamed by Philippi or renamed Philippi by Philip II of Macedonia around 356 BC. Let's study Paul's personal letter to the Philippians as he writes to thank the church for a gift they sent him while he was in prison, and to let them know about his circumstances, which were changing frequently. I find it fascinating that Paul is interested to let the people know about his circumstances, but that's all because Paul felt that closeness to the church, and that becomes very important. Philippians is a great book. Take your Bible guide, turn to it today, as we read it. Now, keep in mind that if you don't have a Bible guide, we'll send you one. Simply write to us or call us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And when you're there, click on the Bible guide. It'll take you to a page. First of all, thank you for your donations. I very much appreciate them, but it'll take you to a page where you can download it exactly like we printed it and be seconds away from joining us on your computer. Very, very important. Now, today, as we look at Paul's personal letter, let's pray, because this is important. Father, we pray today that you would show us your ways and teach us your path. It becomes important because as we look at Paul and see him, we understand that he is close to this church and that he communicates with them uniquely, not as a professional communicator, but as a person, as one of them. Help us to see what this means, Lord, to us today, not to read ourselves into it, but to read from it that we may know how we need to respond to each other. In Jesus' name, and we said, make it so. Amen. All right. Now we go, this is interesting because Philippians 2, verse 12, begins this way. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, But now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, Paul says and tells us that God is working his way in each of our lives. The Lord helps us to grow in him. Now, if we're not growing, there's a problem. We need to grow in him. We need to grow in him the way of his spirit and what it intends. Beloved, let me tell you that as we work in our lives and as we include the word of God in our lives, we will grow. Now, it doesn't always feel like it does it because growing is not always easy. We go through difficult times. We go through hard times. We were never meant for separation, yet there are times in our lives when You know, we lose our family members and all the rest of it. But God reminds us that it's not the end, that if we are Christian, we have become people who go to the Lord. And that's what we do. We see our family members at the end of our life, and we begin a existence after this life with Jesus Christ. Very important. That's what Jesus did when he rose again, and that's what we need to remember. Paul continues in chapter two, verse 14, do all things without complaining. I mean, this is really interesting, especially today's social media. Do all things without complaining and without disputing. Do all things without complaining and disputing. I've got to sit on that for a minute. That you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, Hmm. among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Notice here that Paul willingly and joyfully poured himself out for the church because God called Paul to do so. We are all called to fulfill the will of God in our lives. And we should do just that. The will of God is the key thing in our lives. God has placed in us talents and abilities to do his will. And we often take our talents and abilities and do our own thing. But when we get connected with God's will and do it his way, then suddenly there's a fulfillment that comes because that's what the Lord designed us to do. That is amazing. That's something we need to keep in mind. So Paul did that and encourages us to do that as we imitate Jesus Christ and follow his lead. Philippians 2, verse 19 says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send you, Timothy, to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all who seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus, but you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel, in the good news. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how he goes, how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord, that I myself shall also come shortly. You know, I want to tell you this, that when we seek the Lord Jesus, we are not seeking our own desires. Very important. Christians should value the things of Christ. Beloved, Christians should value the things of Christ and others to live as unselfish people, to live as unselfish people. That's kind of unique, isn't it? That's not what the commercials tell me. That's not what the radio tells me, the television or the internet or anything like that, the magazines. They don't tell me that. I need to do what I need to do. Well, God's word tells you differently. Because as you do as the Lord tells you to do, as you do as he has created you to do, then you will be fulfilled and you will be in the right path. That's what I say when we pray, Lord, show me your paths and teach me your ways. Teach me to follow in your ways. Becomes very important to love. So today may we understand that God has called every person who's listening to my voice, to his will, And may we do the will of the Lord. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone, or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there.
2: Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study, and today we read Philippians chapters one and two. And as I mentioned off the top of the program, Paul probably wrote this letter while he was imprisoned in Rome. And Rome was the most powerful and influential empire that ever ruled the earth. In fact, we still feel the effects of Rome today. And it's not surprising then that the Romans developed some very innovative technology. And actually, I would submit that their technology was one of the things that made Rome so great. And today we're going to look at a particularly incredible piece of roman technology called the lycurgus cup now this artifact seriously contradicts the evolutionary idea that our ancestors were less evolved beings check it out out of all world empires past or present rome was by far the greatest the most powerful and most influential Perhaps one reason for the success of the Roman Empire was their innovation and application of technology. Indeed, not only did Roman craftsmen create new ways of doing things, but the Empire also served as a vehicle to absorb and widely distribute other technology throughout its far-flung borders. Truly, some remarkable inventions have been credited to Rome. Perhaps most remarkable of all is the Lycurgus Cup. This 1600-year-old Roman goblet, which first came to light in the 1950s, actually changes color based on where light strikes it. For example, if light shines through the front, then it looks green, but if from the back it looks red. How did the Romans achieve this? The answer actually startled researchers, because upon careful scientific analysis of the artifact, it was realized that the Romans had employed nanotechnology indeed the way the cup works is by intermixing tiny particles of gold and silver into the glass somehow the romans ground the silver and gold to the molecular level only 50 nanometers in diameter more than a thousand times smaller than a grain of table salt not only that but due to the precise mixture of the precious metals it seems the romans knew exactly what they were doing and created the cup for a specific purpose in fact when scientists replicated the technology they were able to carefully examine what exactly was taking place. When hit with light, the electrons in the cup vibrate in a way that makes the chalice appear a certain color, depending on the observer's position. If liquid was in the cup, it would change the vibrations, which would thereby change the color of the cup. However, particularly embarrassing to modern scientists is the fact that the 1600-year-old technology is 100 times more sensitive to different salt levels in liquids than current commercial sensors with similar technology. It seems the cup would make an excellent poison detector, something particularly useful in empirical Rome. Truly, the Lycurgus cup is a highly significant discovery because as one researcher points out, never before has advanced technology of this scale been discovered in an ancient artifact. Not even the Antikythera mechanism compares. So much for the idea that our ancient ancestors were less than human. So, let me just ask you an obvious but a very important question. How could a less evolved people create a technology which far surpasses our own? Well, according to evolutionary history, we evolved up from the animals, which means that ancient humans would be less evolved and therefore less intelligent. It also means that we modern humans should be the most evolved and intelligent thus far, but artifacts such as this one clearly reveals otherwise, and evolutionists are very aware of that fact. That's why some committed to that worldview claim that the Romans didn't really know what they were doing and that the technology found within the lycurgus cup was purely accidental. Now, not only is this a ludicrous claim, but the scientific research on this 1600-year-old goblet clearly reveals that the Romans knew exactly what they were doing. This cup shows clear evidence for the intelligence of these ancient people, exactly what we would expect if biblical history were true. Now, if you want more on these technologies and how they contradict evolution, I've produced a documentary called 30 Out-of-Place Artifacts, which you can get through the Bible Discovery Ministry. Just call, write, or you can go online.
0: Yeah, you can go online to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. That's BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And when you go there, just look for it. That's a really good piece. I've seen those pieces on the 30 Out-of-Place Artifacts. They're excellent. Out-of-place, what you mean is that they shouldn't be as sophisticated as they are,
2: right? They out of place for the evolutionary it's supposed evolutionary time. history, right? But they actually show confirmation for what we're told in scriptures. So, yeah, and that's exactly
0: yeah. what this piece showed: is that the further you go back, uh, you would expect if you're if you're somebody who believes in evolution and all that, that the people would get simpler and simpler. But that's what's, right. What's happened is they found out more sophisticated things. Yeah, uh, it's really really interesting. For anyway. Sure. Uh, Also, we have a store now. We've partnered with a store and they helped us and we can get cups and things like, tell them about that.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of you have been asking about uh, these mugs that you see every day on the table here. And uh, yeah, you can get your own now, including shirts and hats and hoodies and all sorts of different things. So just go online to our website and check out the resources there uh, as well.
0: All right, very good. Well, my sister is here, Robin, and, Robin helps us and uh, to understand the history. And Robin, yesterday we talked about when you began and started when it was Life Lessons and we got to Phoenix, Arizona, and you're doing the segments called Treasure Trove. And it was awesome. Children going through the Bible and all of that. And Eugene, your husband and your three kids are now coming up to speed. And so Eugene took a church and uh, what, what, take it from there. What happened?
3: Oh, well, Eugene took the church and began to pastor the church. And then we, um, our dad brought me on at Life Lessons as a data input person. Actually, that's how I started. And then he got the idea that he wanted to do a a segment from um, maybe my point of view. And he was the one who encouraged me. I was like, are you sure? And he was the one who encouraged me to um, get involved in the program. And boy, it was, it was like as soon as I got involved, it was like, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. So that's how I got involved.
0: Yeah, you did. And Eugene was pastoring the church and doing a good job. And uh, your children were still going to school and doing all of that. And you've come along. And what's happened is, and I, I'm, I'm sort of quickly hitting this, but what's happened is you have uh, moved into online ministry. Now uh, you've talked a lot about this to me, and just explain what that means. Because we grew up, I call it BC before cell phone. But we, we grew. I, I remember when cell phones came out. My first cell phone was a big thing that looked like that, and you don't want to know what the first bill was. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we. Yeah, believe me, it was not good. Anyway. But things have changed a lot. And what is this online ministry that you and Eugene are doing now?
3: Well, we it, it's interesting because we kind of got involved in it. Um, we kind of just, what I say, stumbled into it, which you and I both know, you don't really stumble into anything. God directs your steps. Um, things had changed at the church. We had been at the, the, the church that we were at for decades and things had changed. And so um, we moved out of that kind of ministry and we were like, okay, what do we do next? And then actually the pandemic kind of forced us into um, doing some things online, which developed into what we do every Sunday morning is we, Eugene and I just sit down and, and we discuss a portion of the scripture for about a half hour with a live stream. And it's turned into a Something that um, we're just having so much fun doing because we've never done anything like this in our ministry. All of our years of ministry, we've never done anything with him and I together just discussing the word. And it's just been so much fun for us. And actually, it seems like there's an audience out there that likes to join in on the discussion. And so we're we're finding that people we're bringing being able to bring together people from all over the place into a discussion of the Word of God. And um, you know, even in chat, we don't get to see them face to face. But it's really amazing how the Spirit of God works, even though we don't see them face to face. We feel very connected to them. And so this is what we do every Sunday morning. We do a live stream, and then of course, we put the replays on so people can watch them later.
0: Yeah, now if they want to see some of these uh, positions, you do them every, or these programs, you do them every week on Sunday, and then you put the live streams up uh, after. Is it put up immediately after, or do you just wait till The live
3: streams go up, uh, you know, live streams are live streams on YouTube, and then uh, the replays go up usually a day or two later on our website, EugeneAndRobin.com, which is E-U-G-E-N-E-A-N-D-R-O-B-I-N, all lowercase, no spaces.com, And you can see the replays there, or you can see them on my YouTube channel, which is, you just search my name, Robin High School, and that's where you can find them. It's also where you can join the live stream.
0: So you you do this and it's on YouTube as well. And uh, you you have people from uh, other places and you're in Phoenix, Arizona. But where are some other places that people tune into this on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? Where are they from?
3: We have we have some people from Canada. We have some people from the East Coast. We have people in Illinois, Arkansas, California, uh, South America, um, England. We it's it's. It's amazing because it's, you know, we were so long in in a ministry at a church. And now we're experiencing, um, you know, being able to minister outside boundaries. It's just crazy. It's something we never thought we would do. And so, yeah, we have people joining us all over and we do it. We say Arizona time because Arizona doesn't do daylight savings time. So sometimes Half the year we're on West coast time and half the year we're on mountain time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we've just gone to where you're just on West coast time now. So uh, that's good. Well, that's amazing. And you do this. And uh, I I just, what's, what's stunning is that you pastor when you're a pastor, because I pastored for 17 years, you know, you're local involved in the local community Mm -hmm. and Robin, you, you, you were sort of consumed with the locality of it, but, how has it affected your thinking in terms of ministry when you've got these people all over the place and, uh, you know, you, you've got to sort of shift your focus in your ministry? How do you do that?
3: Oh, absolutely. It has been an adjustment because it, it's been a big adjustment and a big learning uh, experience for me because I'm so used to live audiences, seeing the faces and feeling, you know, the, the the people there in the room. And I've had to adjust and say, you know what? This is the same thing, only it's God is in his spirit. Even though I don't see them face to face, we're still connected. We're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And I kind of feel like maybe that's what Paul's letters were all about. I kind of feel like this is a modern day Paul's letters sort of thing to where Paul says, I'm not with you physically, but I'm there in spirit and it's really kind of neat. The technology we have because the people who are on YouTube, they can chat back to us in real time. And so it's kind of, it's like they all call it their church. And, you know, it's like, it's really is a, it's just, you know, there's a thousand different ways to do church that we haven't even thought of yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. And it's amazing because the Lord knew this and he knew the technology would emerge that brings this together. And, uh, I, I think about my father who, I went to be with the Lord 12 years ago. And <laughs> I think about his generation and all of that, but they, they would be blown away mm-hmm. today with what's going on and all of that. But God knew and God mm-hmm. understands. And so you do it with Eugene every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Arizona time, which is seven o'clock our time. And because uh, we're three hours. Actually, no, it's actually the, it's other, the way. other way. Other direction. I'm yes. sorry. It's actually one o'clock our time. So that's one o'clock Eastern time. 10 o'clock your time if it's winter time and you're on the three hour release. <laughs> uh, if you're, if you're watching or if you have a chance to check it out, you should check it out. Uh, if they go to Eugene and Robin or Eugene and can they get to it live from there?
3: Not yet. We haven't gotten that yet done yet. We're still in, the, in developing that, but the replays are there on Eugene
0: But on YouTube, if they go to huh. YouTube and they search, who do they search?
3: Robin High School.
0: So they search Robin High School. Spell your last name. That's important.
3: H e i s k e l l, and just and I have a channel there, and just you click on it, and if you want to get notified, just subscribe, and then you'll get notified. So.
0: All right. Very good. We'll talk more about this on the next three programs as we continue on, because this is how God is doing ministry, and we're <laughs> we've, in the last two years we've watched it emerge this way. Uh, we'll talk more about that on the next program. Let's get back to the program and begin to pray. Today, as we have just finished praying, I want to thank the people who've given us their prayer request, and we need to continue praying ourselves. Let's focus our attention on the Lord, and we pray this way: Lord, I want to live as you have called, and you have instructed me to live. I don't want to live as I want to live, but I want to live as you have told me to live. So Father, today, I pray that all of us would do that. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.